Hello and welcome to the Built Broadcast for Humans of University of Bristol. We're doing a spotlight on voicing vulnerability today. And I have my good friend Eleanor here to talk about vulnerability and emotion. Hello. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Obviously, it's great. So I got Eleanor today to speak with me because at the end of her degree, which she graduated in June, is that right? Um... She got the best history dissertation <laughs> award. How did that feel? It was a big shock, I think, to everyone involved. But yeah, no, obviously. I remember you saying like you just had quite a lot of bad news and then all of a sudden you just had some good news and it was just quite a nice, yeah. but also a nice surprise, yeah. Yeah. Everyone should know that the title was A Revolution in Emotion. Yeah. Uh, um, you give me the full title because my memory is... Oh, God, yeah. Uh, it sounds so pretentious sure. when um, you put it like that. But <laughs> <laughs> it was called um, Madame Roland... No, what was it called? It was called A Revolution in Emotion, Madame Roland and the Politics of Feeling. So, Could yeah. you expand on politics of feeling? Because I don't really know much about it. Um, but did that come from a personal place? Yeah, that right. was from a personal place. Um, that wasn't... I, hadn't, I don't think I'd read it anywhere. What I wanted to explore was the what the personal importance of of a cause like that for an individual and how that might have impacted their actions and what they were doing and their beliefs and that kind of thing um because whilst the revolution was fought broadly in ideological terms she was also everyone involved was also an individual who had their own hopes and dreams and and the need to feel validated and what they were doing and that I just wanted to look at to what extent were her actions also, you know, influenced by her own emotions and, and the mm-hmm. relationships that she had. That's not a, yeah. that's not a brilliant way of explaining it all. That's one like, of the tricky things, though, I'm yeah. noticing, is that people ask about your dissertation, and it's quite a challenging process to even try and explain. It's yeah, part definitely. of, I guess, the learning process itself. Yeah. But I think this kind of looking at like the emotional side is quite a holistic way of doing it and i think yeah. it's quite easy in academia to focus on like and systems and yeah. forget that there are human beings running yeah yeah cuz like the thing i i mean i think the story of the revolution is really beautiful in terms of looking at the friendship angle of it like the the thing that first the reason why i ever started first thinking about the emotions involved was because the, one of the leading revolutionaries, Maximilien Robespierre, who eventually died at the hand of the guillotine as well. He was sort of the last one to fall. But he had, him and his best friend had been instrumental in the revolution since the start. So it was mm-hmm. him and Camille Desmoulins. And when Desmoulins had a son with his wife, Lucille, Max Robespierre was... Um, was uh, the godfather he was the witness at their wedding and he actually sent Robespierre actually ended up sending him to the guillotine and his wife so he essentially orphaned his own godson and they'd been such close friends the Mm -hmm. whole way and so what I was really interested in was looking at how does that come about what does that mean because when it's written in a history book in terms of what happened it just looks like lots of people died and that largely that's painted in ideological terms i mean towards the end of their friendship um they fell out over they fell out over the revolution damoulin thought that robespierre was going too far he thought that he was using too much political violence in what was known as the terror and he essentially 
Robespierre got rid of him. Mm-hmm. So what I was interested in was because we, it's really hard to get at that stuff, but I found that fascinating. It's like what actually went on in that relationship for it to come to that point. So that was sort of my starting point. But then as if any historians listening, as you'll know, the nature of our degree means that you can only write about what you have good sources for. So that was one mm-hmm. of the issues that I faced at the start was like, where are the sources for that? How do you evidence something like that? Which I guess is why a history of emotions is a really difficult approach in some ways. And a lot of people, when I told them what I was writing about said, well, how, you, how do you evidence any of that? How, what sources do you use? And the reason why I chose in the end to focus on Madame Roland, although initially I you know, I didn't have much of a personal interest in her was because she wrote a memoir when she was in prison just before she died because she was, um, Robespierre essentially also sent her to her death and she wrote a memoir while she was in prison and it initially started out as like this political statement. She was trying to defend her own name. She was trying to discredit the other side. She was trying to say that she hadn't overstepped her her role as a woman in the revolution and that she'd been a good and dutiful wife. But what actually happened in that memoir as time went on, as she was imprisoned, was that it sort of became more, in my view, this emotional expression of everything that she was feeling. And she spoke, well, she wrote at length about her relationship with her mother and her father Mm -hmm. and also about the man who she'd fallen in love with, who was another revolutionary. So she was married to this minister, um, Roland but she fell in love with one of the other revolutionaries Buzot and and you know it's a it's a tragic story everyone ends up dying Mm -hmm. but what I found so interesting and I'm sure what a lot of people would find interesting is like what how did that how did that manifest itself in the relationships like what was the breakdown what did they say to each other how did they feel I, I remember saying to my tutor at the start I was like I just think this is fantastic um material for some kind of hollywood film and he had to remind me quite strongly like this is you're not you're not writing a a screenplay like you need to think about it from a historical angle as much as you can but i just think like the stories involved are so amazing that i was sort of yeah i was i mean i was amazed that i was amazed that historians haven't tried to take that approach more already but like I said, it's difficult to evidence. So you were mentioning how your supervisor was quite a good relationship, or was it? He was the best. He was so great, um, Dr. Martin Powell. So mm. he'd done stuff on, he was an Irish historian, and he'd done stuff on the history of emotions, um, sort of, to do with, with the bits of Irish history that he looked at. Um, and yeah, it was, it was, he was amazing. He was so supportive, but... I think that didn't that doesn't mean that the process obviously the process was not always easy and whilst I always believed in what he was saying and trusted him I didn't always believe in myself whatsoever I found it really 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 hard they can't also be like a coach for confidence at all times that there is an academic but it's tricky because that is a lot of my dissertation process at the moment is just sustaining a belief in like what you're writing about is going to work yeah. and it's going to be important and it means something but with that because it's so much doubt I don't know about you but currently my dissertation experience is like doubt but great oh, yeah. confidence and then doubt 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 <laughs> I think even if you'd asked me in January or February what I was doing I wouldn't have been able to tell you like it took so long for me to work out what I was doing and 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 I was never comfortable in not knowing like I always felt like I should 
but I, I just felt like I'm doing it wrong. I was never comfortable in that sense of like, I've not got it all sorted out yet. I was constantly like, loads of other people have got it sorted out. You should have sorted it out by now. What are you doing? You're not working yeah, comparing hard Comparing and yeah. it's, it's yeah. tricky. But no, my supervisor was incredible. But I think the difficult part was, I think, overcoming those feelings of, of trusting that I, I deserve to have a say on what I was speaking about that I think I really felt a lot of the time whenever I was speaking in meetings or especially in group meetings with other people with other students I just felt like everything that was coming out of my mouth was just rubbish I just felt like oh why am I speaking like I don't mm. know anything about this and I just feel like I'm I mean it's it's the buzzword of the moment I felt it just felt like imposter syndrome mm-hmm. the whole time it was just like oh I'm, I'm chatting rubbish it's certainly a big thing at this university perfectionism and not struggling with like not knowing and Mm. ambivalence is something we're quite reluctant to accept and it's like I think part of the dissertation process on a personal level is like accepting this is gonna it's not gonna be a straight path clear Mm. answer Mm. it's gonna be a lot of doubt and there is gonna be a lot of confusion and then there's gonna be breakthroughs that you like yeah feel oh yeah so much more impassioned about it yeah there were definitely there were good days peppered in there but the majority of it was like I just felt I just felt like I didn't really know what I was doing and and it's strange because looking back you sort of think like to do having done well you sort of think but there must have been points in which I was doing the right thing and obviously it went right at some point but I still find it hard to pinpoint when that was it sort of felt like this really confusing like jumbled experience that then just kind of threw up this bizarre sort of Mm. result which I don't know yeah how does it feel like do you feel like the people take you as an exemplar of how to be a good dissertation student I wouldn't put it that way I don't know no not no that's what you probably don't want to feel like because you've yeah yeah I think definitely like I think it's funny that people would then ask me for it like to me personally like knowing how hard I found it as I don't feel I don't feel like qualified to speak on like how to do it well like I have no idea what I did really um but yeah because like for me right up until the end it was I was just in a complete world of panic like my last meeting we in in history I think the structure is that before you go off and write it well supposedly you should they say you should already have written a draft by the start of the Easter holidays so 10,000 words obviously I didn't do that and which was just adding to the feelings of like you're so behind and incompetent but you're meant to you have a final group meeting and you you talk to the rest of your group about what you're doing and obviously everyone in my group was incredible and 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 they were doing really interesting things and and I really enjoyed listening to it like to, to what everyone else was doing and one of them was one of my closest friends so it was great to be in a group with her as well but that last group meeting I was just crying through the whole thing it was ridiculous like and I'm not really that's not really something that I'd expect of myself but I just suddenly descended into this panic when everyone else was talking I was looking down at my own notes I'd structured what I was going to say slightly differently to how everyone else started and I was like immediately in the place in my head where I was like you've done it wrong I hadn't really done it wrong I'd just done it differently but I I was suddenly just in floods of tears I had to leave the room go to the toilet in the middle of someone else speaking there's only four of us in this group as well so it's previous um and then come back and just like talk through tears about what I'd done and I just was really sort of um not insolent but like I really wasn't responding well to questions and I was being quite I don't know I felt quite stubborn and not wanting to talk about it and that kind of thing so that and I left the meeting and my friend 
who's like the loveliest person on earth was so so nice about it and and she was like it's all gonna be fine you've got you've got time it's fine we've got weeks we've got three four weeks to do it you're gonna be fine and I was just horrible I was like no this is the end this is the end of the road I can't do it I'm not doing it so then it's ridiculous that then in the end it came out with this sort of like which I mean I'm gonna take ownership and say that I did well because I did do well like it in it I produced a good piece of work but for me it's so ironic because it was this period it was this process that was just completely I had did not feel confident in it at any point yeah I think I'm in a similar situation at yeah. the moment it's I know I care about what I want to write on yeah but I don't know whether I have the capacity to do what I want to do in mm. like I know there's a good purpose to it, but this is, yeah, it's negotiating a lot of doubt at the moment, but I guess that is part and parcel of life. But it's, we're in a context where like competition between students, which shouldn't necessarily be there, but there is also a sense that, you know, I'm I'm paying tuition fees. My parents uh, are expecting good things maybe from some Mm. people or definitely confusing process yeah for sure I think like the one thing looking back that I would say that I confidently do know that I did right and it's what you touched on there is that I was always really interested in what the topic actually was that never wavered I knew that I felt I I hate the word passionate but I knew Mm. that I felt passionate about it um and that looking like there might have been I mean through the whole thing I didn't feel organized and I didn't feel like I was doing it the way you were supposed to do it and I didn't feel confident in sort of the tick boxes of all the things that a good student should be like I was I was unprepared for meetings I rescheduled I would send an email to my tutor really annoying email five minutes before saying I'm I'm in a complete state I can't come to the meeting and he was like lovely and very accommodating and so nice but I mean I was just a bit of an I think I was a bit of a nightmare at times um but looking back the one thing that I do feel confident in that I did well was that I just was always interested in it and like you say like for you that's what drives you in your work yeah um so yeah and there's something to be said there about uni often feels a there's a lot of talk about processes, procedures, and like how trying to have this perfect path of how to be a good student. But the uh, the fundamental core of it is emotion and caring about yeah. it. And it's ironic that we're often talking about being rational, or good uh, yeah. students, when it's actually to produce a, a really good piece of work, you probably do have to have that fundamental feeling yeah. of like, I really care about, I genuinely yeah. do care about what I'm writing about. Yeah, it's not really about who's at the library at 8am and who's had their morning coffee and already been to the gym like great if you do that that's amazing I wish I was better at doing that but like (laughs) it's it's that's not the only way to be a good student like Mm -hmm. I don't to sustain yourself for that long in the dissertation process is long any research Mm. project is a long one that I think is probably going to help a lot of students sustain themselves but I do think you can doubt your topic at times that yeah. often yeah. oh yeah definitely yeah. mine changed so much like yeah. it the piece of work that I ended up producing was nothing like 
anything that I even presented in like January or February in group meetings like what I ended up writing because it took me so long to find the primary source that I wanted to use because like an idiot I embarked on a dissertation which really if we're being honest required French language speaking skills and I didn't even do French GCSE (laughs) so I I literally spent the first three months just like turning up to meetings going so I still don't speak French I think I actually at one point like said to my tutor I was like maybe I should just like learn French and he was like what are you talking about like, <laughs> we may we might have a year but you're not gonna learn French <laughs> so yeah but I don't know I, I really agree with what you say about like processes and how it's difficult like because they do explain the dissertation writing process to you in terms of like and this is how you'll feel at this point and this is how you'll feel at this point and by this point you should be starting to feel confident in this and blah 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 and like I just I found that really not unhelpful because I think that in many ways that is helpful but I sort of just didn't ever really trust in what they were saying and I wasn't interested in hearing anyone else I wasn't interested in hearing anyone else talk about like like I they get students in to do a lecture to who have done well in the dissertation and I just was like I don't want to go to that like I don't want to hear someone else talk about how they did well in their which is like obviously ironic but I was like I'm just it's not gonna work for me like not because what they're saying is not useful, but just because I just sort of felt like I can't, I just don't, I just don't think I'm going to be able to follow this process of always ticking, jumping the hurdles at the right time kind of thing. And there's no short and fast answer to the dissertation. Like maybe I should have actually gone to the, to the lecture and they probably would have said those are really useful things, but I was just like, Oh, I just can't bear it. I can't, can't bear to hear anyone talk about how, to do it right because i just and it's I this, know I'll try this and do side it and of the dissertation is that it's really personal as well yeah. it's not oh you might see it on the some people might see it on the surface as like you know an academic process but it's highly personal and i think mm. that should be factored in when we think about maybe students who aren't attending those lectures like what's going on for them like because yeah. there's no like clear-cut objective answer to this where it's like this is happening and people look like fast explanations to quite complicated people with lots of feelings and that we're gonna have to start talking about that more as staff and students and creating a culture at the university that has a space where we're like yeah this dissertation is a personal one yeah definitely I mean my tutor was amazing in that like we he always you know he he had time for days to sit and talk about the topic which was just like I think that's one of the most important things in the in the whole the whole experience is just being able to like talk at length about the actual content of what you're doing I don't really think you get much of a chance to do that in quite a lot of other things that we do here can be quite an isolating research as well so to have a space where you can actually just chat to a person and they can like just any kind of offhand question about what you're writing is like so useful like yeah because you can just get into a certain thought pattern and think this way is the right way and then really face-to-face interaction is I think it's one of the best things we can have even in if the institution like Bristol's getting bigger and there's more students Mm. we're gonna have to find a way to facilitate some face-to-face yeah or even just an email like an email conversation like a thread where they're like, okay that works just finding a space for that will help mm. people in the well-being sense and like, the personal side of that yeah. dissertation process yeah. yeah i'm trying to think about ways in which that i because i did maintain good well-being and good mental health throughout 
even though it was difficult and I'm trying to think of like ways in which that I consciously I think for me it was just talking 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 to my supervisor about the content talking to my friends about what was going on talking to my parents I don't know I think I but like you know that I'm someone that just it's best I like to voice things <laughs> no but that is really at the crux of kind of where I think the university should be kind of going with students is facilitating spaces where they we can talk and like having like little reading groups and writing groups like scheduled into the curriculum yeah. so people can like sit and like talk about their process and like what's going on like mm. what where, where are you at you know because mm. people that oh what's your dissertation on they get the content side but mm. then they forget that there's a human being behind this content who's trying yeah. juggling <laughs> yeah all of these things as well god i dreaded that question so much from everyone yeah just like fellow students just like please don't ask me about my dissertation just because I don't know, yeah, there was just that sense of not really feeling confident in what you were talking about. But I think if you, the more that you did it, the more normalised it became, the the better, really. Yeah, I think I'm with you on that completely. <laughs> At the moment when people ask me, I'm like stumbling over words, like mm. just throwing bu- buzzwords out there yeah. and thinking that it's something interesting. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like oh, I hope it's interesting, but... Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of shame and embarrassment, unfortunately, but that is a natural part of any kind of... I feel like I'm having to maybe anticipate that this might just be, like, growing up as well. Like, yeah. I don't know, going into jobs and be ha- having to, like, clarify what your project is or something. And Yeah, you don't need to start everything by, like, apologising. Yes. Like, that- you know, like like you say, like I should not be have to introduce... People shouldn't introduce things and immediately try and devalue it at the start in order to sort of like, I don't know, set the foundation. I don't know, just feeling like you have a right to speak with confidence about what you're talking about rather yeah. than always feeling like, oh God, I'm not the best person to do this. And, I, well, and no one's really teaching you about that at the university at the moment. I don't know. I've not had any experience of like how to how to explain your topic in the pub with your friends to about like how 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 to value your projects yeah I think Bristol did a really good job of helping me to feel like a historian definitely like all the all the academics that taught me were wonderful in terms of really like encouraging you to think and to develop your own identity as a historian but definitely I don't think I ever really I think there was quite a difference between feeling like someone who was academic and like qualified to speak on these things and feeling like someone who was just a bit of a bumbling idiot who happened to be at university but and studying history but you know not really good enough to ever sort of take home like it still sounds so pretentious to say I am a historian but why why does that feel yeah why have we got into these habits of devalue like it's not often that I'll say I'm a philosopher but that is basically how I'm spending most of my days. Yeah. It's just sat philosophizing and it can be sometimes, you know, a challenging process mm. as well. And thinking, yeah, about... Embarrassment comes in a lot with talking about any kind of project. And I don't yeah, know if that right. is... A, it's probably not a universal thing and then some people are probably better equipped to be dealing yeah. with these instances but I don't know we both went to schools that perhaps didn't train us in kind of valuing what we have to say and Mm. 
Yeah, it's a tricky one because you see some people do it so well. But I think it's something that I'd like to learn and work on because I think it's about not seeing it as a bad thing when people do it. You shouldn't have to... I shouldn't feel that it's like self-promotion or I or that it's like... I don't know if arrogance the right word, but like just to talk about things that you're doing, you're completely within your rights to just confidently say what it is you're doing rather yeah. than have to like... I think if someone's asking you, they're showing interest. Like I remember asking you and I think you had that jerk reaction of being like, don't want to talk about this at all. Oh, well, but, that, uh, was, that was a trying time. I remember that, that particular moment. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, and it was March, so... <laughs> <laughs> A little bit of confidence for those students out there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. It's, yeah. Only, it's only just November for me, so I can have a little bit of uh, breathing space yeah. on that one. Mm. So we've got, at the moment, we're thinking about, yeah, having more confidence and value in what we have to say. Yeah. So you think that was maybe somewhere that you were fall- becoming more vulnerable in terms of your process at uni. Yeah, definitely. I think I made myself... Just say if I made myself vulnerable by just always preferring to like feel like to just sort of set expectations low, and then if I did well, then it was great because I exceeded expectations. But if I did badly, then it wasn't. I think I, I, for me personally, my own ta- like my own aims were always really high. Always, I mean, it's a bit of a like I hold myself to high and sometimes impossible standards. But that, like, outwardly, I would always just sort of be like, oh, I don't, you know, I don't care, or whatever. I think people could see through that. But, like, I think I just made it a thing where I would always rather sort of, I don't know, pretend that I wasn't really expecting anything when really I was. And I think that's quite a difficult way to set yourself up because then I think if you get into that habit, then it's really difficult to to deal with failure when it does come because I got into a habit of sort of you know I'd work really hard on something and I'd be like oh it's not very good and then I'd submit it and if it did well I had this sort of like validation feeling of like you're a genius and you don't even know it like (laughs) look at it but then it's really difficult because when you when it doesn't work and often it doesn't work then you feel awful and and you in your mind you're like I don't understand because I told myself that you're not going to do well but then when you actually don't do well, you're, you're, you're still like, damn it. And I always used to say to my, 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 myself when I opened results, I'd tell myself before, I'm like, expect a low mark, expect a low mark. And then I'd open it. And on the occasion when it was a low mark, I'd be really upset. And then I'd say to myself, you idiot, you told yourself to expect and you were still expecting a high mark yeah. secretly. So I don't know. It's interesting. That, yeah, that bit of like kind of when you're like, results are disclosed it's so strange like you have it's I have to prepare a yeah. mental process before yeah ha- getting a result and I know people who are kind of don't even open like essay results because they would were just set in their mind that they just knew that they were going to fail and yeah and that shouldn't be really how it should be because you want feedback and like staff obviously want their students to have feedback but if there's kind of the situation where you're opening your results on like a digital on the internet or like on, on your computer screen and a lot of like essay uh, results you don't have that like person as a support to be like you don't have there's no there's no staff there and I think I'm getting into a better habit of like after getting results going to speak with like tutors with and stuff yeah not just for like oh how can I learn from this but on like a 
more of a personal level is like can you just provide me with an ounce of affirmation and kind of oh comfort God, yeah. <laughs> oh, i remember one particular time which was like right before can i go into this much detail is it boring if i tell this long story i don't think so okay no. um so i remember one time it was the last result that I got before the dissertation writing experience began in earnest, which was like the Easter holiday from hell. But it was like just before. And I got a result through from an essay, which I'd worked really, really hard on. And I didn't do very well. I did way worse than I had actually like secretly expected to do. I actually sort of quietly thought like, you know, you know, to everyone else I was like, oh, mine was rubbish. Whereas quietly inside, and I think quite a lot of people do this. Mm -hmm. I was like, mm, I actually think, you know, I work kind of hard on that. And then it wasn't good. And I was just in like, I did, I'm not really that much of a, like I don't, I just, wait, it was a complete emotional reaction immediately, like really, really upset crying and, and I was in uni so I was like crying in the toilets and oh, it was very embarrassing and still people doing work on the building who could just hear and they were like are you okay and I was like no and it was just all of it oh. like oh, all of it terrible and then I and I put off going to speak to the academic who'd marked it and I really really liked him a lot like it wasn't it, I wasn't like oh I'm not going to speak to him because I think he's an idiot for giving me that mark it was completely justified but I put it off because I was like I just can't bear it I just can't don't want to talk about it I need to go and write my dissertation how can I do it if I'm not feeling confident and I just want to forget that this has happened and then eventually I think I'd like written my dissertation by the time I did speak to him because I think yeah, I'd finished it. So I went through that process just trying to pretend it didn't happen. And once I spoke to him, I just felt so much better because he was just like, like you say, it's like, it's not even really like the feedback. It's not even really like, oh, if you'd put this here, it would have, it's more just like the affirmation of like him being like, I can really see that you tried and it was almost good, but you just didn't do yeah. this, which is a bit, I mean, I feel like if I'd just gone to him sooner yeah i think that one of the best feedbacks i've had is that i could see from your writing that you had cared about so much about this topic it's literally just a procedural thing that you have to change and that can be you know yeah. you can tweak that yeah. you can't tweak passion if you don't have it and yeah. you had that and exactly. I was like, oh well that's nice yeah at least i have something yeah well no but i think the tendency when you when for a lot of people who like when they get bad feedback tend to just and i do this all the time in like now like now I'm in the world of work I do it in, at work as well it's like when you get any kind of negative feedback to just go into a hole of of like what not really wallowing but just being like everything's wrong everything I did was mm -hmm. wrong and it was because I'm not good enough whereas really like you, you should just isolate it and yeah like pinpoint certain yeah. things and like rather than just suddenly being like everything's wrong and i'll never be able to fix it and it's fundamental to my character whereas really it's like it's just not a healthy way to deal with it's things. just an action it's like a behavior and it's got certain habits and you can tweak habits it's yeah it's not like s intrinsic to your whole being yeah. but uh, i think that's a pressure thing i think that comes from putting huge amounts of pressure on ourselves and always wanting it to be perfect yeah and like you do tend to learn a lot more from that. I I think the be the most the best experience of feedback I've had is the time that I got a two two when I thought I was gonna get like a, a first, and I was like, well, it's always the way. <laughs> I was like, well, I guess humbled. <laughs> humbled. <laughs> uh, it is. It's true. I do. I think I would personally appreciate. 
I mean, and I do get a lot of a lot of it there are staff especially in the philosophy department who are very open and generous with their time and it's nice to know but it's it's reaching out and you know that staff are also under pressure as well so they're they're also researchers they're trying to produce you know valuable information and they're probably going through similar confidence like barriers as well and i think having some kind of dialogue between the both of them might be worthwhile (laughs) both staff and student and uh, you know, on how how do we f- respond to failure? Is is there yeah. anything edifying about? It? Is there anything we can learn without? Or how do you find that learning process when it's such an emotional reaction? Because yeah. the emotion comes before the reflection and a yeah. lot of things. And yeah. the emotion can really hinder you in terms of like like we're saying, can really prevent you from like benefiting from that failure i think if you have the tendency to suddenly be like oh my god everything's terrible then it can really you're not moving forward i guess and on reflection looking back do you think did you learn a lot from your dissertation process in terms of like on about yourself i guess about your habits and I guess even though I would say that I don't really feel like I learned things in terms of like, oh, I discovered all this stuff about myself. I think one thing that I like took forward from it and which I'm still trying to implement now is the the need for having a belief in yourself that's just kind of unwavering. Like I, and I've spoken to a lot of my friends about this who are also writing dissertations at the same time. We have this tendency to have our perceptions of ourselves and our abilities completely dictated by the last bit of feedback that we got instead of just having a firm idea of what I'm capable of. And, you know, sometimes I get it wrong and that's fine, but that doesn't mean that I then go into this nadir of 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 life where I suddenly feel like I can't do anything it's about recognizing that sometimes you don't do as well but that doesn't alter your entire sense of who you are which I think I'm really not good at at the moment I think when I do well I feel like oh my god I'm so smart and when I do badly I suddenly feel like I'm not capable of anything which it would be better just to have a strong I was going to say strong and stable but that's got Theresa May echoes within it which I don't want but like you know, I just need like a middle point where I know that I'm pretty competent and sometimes I do things really well when I work hard and sometimes it it doesn't quite go right, but that it shouldn't just change all the time. If you do badly at something, then it shouldn't be like, oh, I'm not capable of anything. But equally, I think this is what I was trying to get at earlier is that I don't see this dissertation success as like, okay, now I don't want it to be something where I'm like, okay, great, I'm validated. Because it's like, but the next thing you do could be bad and then when does that leave you? Like you need to develop a rooted perception of yourself and not allow it to be, to just flip-flop all over the place. I guess, yeah. So true, so true. It's it's weird because I feel like, you know, you you slap a good mark on the end of this story and suddenly you feel well or you should you might feel qualified to be able to talk about how you how do you write a good dissertation how do you get a good mark but like it it so easily could have and and you've and that's an emotional thing I'm not saying that like factually like that you that's like an emotional feeling you you feel yes I know I'm someone that can do it because I did do it and so now I can preach on it 
Whereas really like it's so, I just so easily think that it could have been given a bad mark. Like it, I could have written something slightly different that I might not have had a certain thought at a certain point. It could have written something slightly different. Someone different could have marked it. They could have really not liked it and it could have been given a bad mark. And I think that that kind of then complicates the narrative in terms of looking back in terms of what did I learn? Because it could have been rubbish. And then how do I, like I almost feel a bit uncomfortable using it as like evidence in my life of like something that I did really well or like to make myself feel good because I'm like, but what if it had been bad? Because then you still would have, been the same person but it's I don't I almost don't want to use it to like validate how I feel about myself in terms of my academic confidence I mean I know that's difficult to do because that's what you base a lot of it on but I don't think it's necessarily helpful for me to be like oh well I did it so well like everything's perfect I'm sure that everything I you know it could have been bad and then how would I be feeling because it's it's almost like the perfect narrative arc of struggle torment not knowing what to do and then it ends in this amazing result but it so easily could have not been that and then where am where am I with that what do I am I not do, am I a different person then am I not still I, and I think that's a whole other conversation about like validating how you feel about yourself in terms of your academic achievements but yeah I don't know <laughs> what a loyal friend <laughs> Oh yeah. Yeah, screw the marks. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Start appreciating learning for yeah. learning is and it's a process yeah. growing and we're all on like different like educational journeys about what we're thinking about. Yeah. Value. Definitely. Yeah, like the one thing like that is so true. You you have put that so nicely, I didn't really even think of that. But like yeah, like I similar to what I was saying earlier in terms of what I felt feel looking back what I feel confident that I did well was that I was passionate and I'm confident that like I feel good about it in terms of like I know that the learning that I did was was so worthwhile like that's a good feeling yeah yeah that's that that is a nice way of looking at kind of this narrative of dissertation yeah so many it's just like at least I know I have an interest in something that's worth having yeah. I think it isn't really valuable to be start, especially for academics who, you know, have this turn towards studying emotions. And I, emotions of shame and embarrassment come up a lot in my research yeah. at the moment. Um, and, yeah, I think I'm proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, no, I think it's, it's I think interesting. Because share a lot of values in that way. Mm. You know, I've heard so much good stories of feeling and you've kind of validated me. I'm like, oh, this is going to be so fine, this process. And thinking more about the process rather than the mount that's slapped on at the end because that's what's going to be in memory more. That's actually so true. Yeah. Yeah. 
definitely because then it's like the mark can either like the mark can really reduce what you've produced because like you've still done the learning and you've still done the thinking but yeah i don't know i feel like i've sort of used this as a free <laughs> therapy session which is great for me but <laughs> it's quite strange to sit and talk about yourself when well i guess we've spoken about it's not just about yourself it's about yeah, no, learning it's processes and like education in general it's like everyone is going through this dissertation quite disorientated and confused mm. and no one's really talking about it it's really weird yeah yeah <laughs> it's like everyone's no, it's just true. like kind yeah. of repressing it and then it's like if you don't talk about it yeah. like you said talking is so important to getting through it and mm. oh Mm. We could be here for hours talking about this. Thank you so much. And we'll be back with more Humans of University Bristol podcasts with this focus on voicing vulnerability. So it'd be great to hear from more of you. (laughs) Thank you. Oh, this has been so fun. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's actually so true. Yeah, definitely. Because then it's like the mark can either like the mark can really reduce what you've produced because like you've still done the learning and you've still done the thinking. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like I've sort of used this as a free therapy session, which is great for me. But <laughs> it's quite strange to sit and talk about yourself when well, I guess we've spoken about more than just me. But yeah, no. It's about learning. Yeah, yeah, no, it's true. Yeah. Everyone's just like kind of repressing it. Yeah. Don't talk about it. Like you said, talking is so important to getting through it. We could be here for hours. We will be here for hours. Thank you so much. And we'll be back with more humans at University Bristol podcast with this focus on voicing vulnerability. So it'd be great to hear from more.